0: Uh, Right, well, as we have been reporting this morning, a global climate deal has been agreed at the COP28 summit in Dubai. And for the first time, it has taken explicit aim at the use of fossil fuels. The talks in Dubai, well, they came close to collapse, but in a final agreement, nations agreed to, quote, transition away from coal, oil and gas. But the deal doesn't include any wording on the phase out of fossil fuels, something many countries were demanding. Pacific Islands hit hard by climate change say the deal was rushed through without them. Our Climate Change Minister Simon Watts was in uh, Dubai and told us the agreement is historic. We've now got consensus and countries have committed not only to get to net zero energy but also to build a world that is, no longer relies on fossil fuels. First time that's happened. Uh, you know, Could more be done and shouldn't more be done uh, going forward? Yes, uh, but this is a significant step forward. All with us now is RNZ's climate correspondent Eloise Gibson. Uh, good morning. Now, this transition term is interesting because it's uh, it actually probably gives a bit of wriggle room, I would have thought, for New Zealand, given that the current government wants to restart oil and gas exploration and turn to gas to get through what it says is a transition.
1: Yeah, the transition term is interesting, and we heard Simon Watts actually use that word uh, yesterday morning when he was asked if he would, you know, die in a ditch for phase out. He kind of said, well, whether it's phase out, phase down, whatever, you know, transition away, the important thing is to get off fossil fuels. The text does refer to the ability to have transition fuels. And certainly you can imagine producers of fossil gas will be looking at that pretty closely and thinking that maybe it supports their case, that it's better to use gas than coal, and maybe we shouldn't be ramping down production of that.
0: The interesting thing is here is how quickly the transition is made. Everyone must acknowledge that we can't just suddenly stop using oil and gas overnight. There has to be a transition. That is obvious. How quickly, though, and will it be quick enough to prevent the, the you know, limit the one point to warming to one point five? That is the moot point, right?
1: Indeed, and the text doesn't say anything about the pace. What does, though, control the pace is the national pledges that countries put in to 2030. We've added those up before the conference. We're still looking at well over two degrees of heating, which would be catastrophic to the Pacific uh, and, frankly, to a number of people in New Zealand. The uh, kind of little nugget in the text on that is that countries do need to put in a stronger pledge in the next couple of years to kind of speed up that transition. So it's going to be the sum total of those promises that determine whether we get there fast enough. Certainly the Pacific is saying we're not fast enough at the moment, and I think that the science would absolutely back them Mm. up there.
0: Well, pretty hard to see how this current government is going to strengthen those commitments to 2030 when we've got um, obviously Shane Jones yesterday or earlier in the week was pretty strong in his language about calling it a climate hysteria and and that uh, there was going to be more mining and that certainly sending a signal, if nothing else, that uh, New Zealand First is um, perhaps not quite on the same page when it comes to climate as the other parties, National and and Labour.
1: That's right. Simon Watts has been sounding quite galvanised over there at the summit. He's been in a huddle, as he terms it, with important people from the United States, Japan, UK, these big economies. And he says they're all pulling in the same direction. You know, this is happening. This is an opportunity for New Zealand. He's been talking about our brothers and sisters in the Pacific and how we can't let them down. But he is coming back to a government that has just had a report from the Climate Change Commission saying they're 20 million tonnes short on meeting just our own targets uh, for the five years before 2030 and that 20 million tons predates a whole bunch of policies that the incoming government has scrapped so predates the clean card discount uh, predates Scrapping the clean car discount predates delaying pricing agriculture, getting rid of subsidies to the likes of Fonterra and NZ Steel to get off their coal boilers. So the true gap that they're staring down is more than 20 million tonnes. And what the commission's saying to them is that you've got some tough choices ahead. Yes, you can get rid of subsidies, but you can't also not do anything else. You can't do nothing. And it isn't clear yet what the policy direction on that is going to be, you know, how they're going to answer that. The the, uh, financial question, of course, is that if they miss that 20 million tonnes, they then have to pay for that in the form of buying in overseas carbon credits to make up the difference. So it's a financial as well as a climate issue for them.
0: Yes, indeed. And that could be quite a hefty bill. Thank you very much. That is RNZ's climate correspondent Eloise Gibson there.